Hey everybody, it's Brad Chandler, co-host of X with Q. This episode is part two of a special episode we did with Lane Schranz from Church of the Highlands. Pastor Lane serves on the lead team at Church of the Highlands, one of our nation's most influential churches, and he recently spent some time with our staff, and so we talked him into getting in the studio for a few minutes just to talk about leadership, culture, and his passion for the next generation. Incredible, really good stuff here. And listen, if you haven't listened to part one of this extra large episode, make sure to carve out some extra time to scroll back in the feed to check that out. All right, let's jump in to part two of this XL episode with Pastor Lane Schranz. So I know you've been that person that's been moved. Uh, the seat on the bus has been moved. Uh, but now you're leading people where uh, in a growing organization from time to time, you have to shift seats on the bus. How do you know when maybe some you need to, uh, someone you're leading that you need to take a step back and help them reevaluate their seat on the bus? Uh, maybe it's their capacity. Maybe it's um, just the, yeah. the, the next phase of the organization. Um, what is it that usually kind of tips the hand of when it's time for yeah. you to move someone? Yeah, I think a, a few things on that particular question. One is be very careful not to think that they fell short or they are the problem, therefore they need to be moved. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. It was my wow. choice to right. put them there. They're on the wrong seat because of me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, we see somebody falling short, well, their attitude or they're this or they're that, and I thought they would right. do this and they're not. And Well, that's us. I, I didn't lead them well. So a lot of times it's my fault. And then on the other hand, we have to have that trust. So I would pray that the people that report up to me know that I'm for them more than the organization. Sure. And so when those conversations have to happen, hey, I need to move you from here to here or this isn't working, and I'll take responsibility where I need to. But also I I have to acknowledge, you know, I th- I thought you were a, a left tackle, sure, sure, and you're 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 actually a linebacker, and I put you in left tackle position, right. and that's my fault. Uh, but let's let's let's, let's get you over to linebacker and see if that works better. Mm-hmm. And and so, but I think a lot of leaders put all the weight on the person that's being moved, and it, and I think we need to take the weight, right? Because it was it was us that put them there. Mm-hmm. And what we always say sometimes is. You know, it's a lot easier, you know, to do this, and I'm pointing outward with my index finger right now, than to do this and point it back because it's it's those things have been they're exacerbating us. Their their lack of performance or their lack of ability to multitask or their lack of ability to critically think through a problem situation. So we're so frustrated. But meanwhile, we haven't led them well. We put them on the wrong seat. We haven't equipped them. We didn't buy them the right phone. We didn't buy them the right computer, but we didn't buy them the right so and so. 
and then we're still pointing outward at them. That's right. Because because what we what people have found is it's just easier to do that. <laughs> it's easier literally to place blame than, than yes. to, to, to field the blame. That's right. You know, as leaders. And it's one of the, the greatest things that healthy leaders can do is first look at yourself right. in what you've duplicated or in what you've instilled or didn't instill and how much of a contributor is that to their lack of, let's say, fruitfulness or or impact or influence. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes it's not just the person, but it just happens as a result of the organization changing, right? It's just a different season. It's a sure. different time. It's, it's growth. I mean, can you think of a time maybe in your leadership where maybe uh, the, the organization itself had to go through, I guess Simon Sinek would call this like an existential flex, you know? That, that change where maybe the systems that you had that are certainly supported by people, but the systems that you had needed to be changed um, to be able to accommodate the growth. Yeah, I feel like Pastor Chris has led incredibly well in, in that area over the 20 years because he would consistently and still consistently says, you know, the, we cannot challenge the vision. We always challenge the systems. And so we've never, we, we've, I feel like we're, we're in the 20th year of flex. Like, like <laughs> right, the, right. The, we never feel like we have arrived with any system. Yeah. You have the vision, but the system is what delivers the vision. It's what we do. And we are constantly adjusting it, constantly changing it. Even our lead team has gone through several different uh, variations over the years. Uh, and, and so we never feel like, okay, there's no more change we're going to we're going to have a great year like the, right. no we're always changing right. we're just always flexing we're just going to sit back and maintain right yeah so i i feel like that's a culture for us where it's expected that there will be change um we don't want anybody to think that they just get a position and and that and that's permanent mm-hmm. and so so there's a lot of movement in a lot of areas mm-hmm. yeah i've heard pastor chris say that Church of the Highlands is known as a systems church only because the systems will hurt. Right. 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 Sure. But that's only possible because of a healthy culture. Can you talk a little bit about what it takes to build a life-giving culture? So everything in the feel is culture. So culture is not a system. Culture is not vision. Mm -hmm. Culture is not statements on the wall or on the website or memorized phrases culture is how we act mm-hmm. so culture is created by our behavior right and at highlands pastor chris has consistently for 20 years made sure that we this this sounds bad but stay with me know how to behave meaning we know why we act the way we act therefore we need something driving our behavior which is not a system it is not a vision it is our values. Mm-hmm. So we have we have a very clear vision, very clear systems, but we also have very clear values. Love God, love people, pursue excellence, choose joy. And and those values need to drive our behavior. So we need to behave in a way that demonstrates, and that's a key word, demonstrate. Right. You can memorize our values, but not demonstrate them. Wow. Right. right. Yeah. Every human being in your organization is creating culture. Always, yeah, good or bad, right, or neutral. They're creating culture, but we want to make sure we have clarity in our values that are demonstrated, so that we have a culture that loves God, loves people, 
pursues excellence and chooses joy. So that's our behavior. And when we behave that way, when we are demonstrating those values, the culture, the feel Mm -hmm. will be what you want it to be because there is clarity. So you're saying that if you go to grow leader and you copy and paste some of the systems that they may not actually work? A hundred percent. Because because, because it's not a healthy culture. Culture is is the soil for right. the seed to grow in. Yeah. Right. And the systems do not change the feel. The feel is created by the culture. And you you can have a church that has horrible systems but a great culture, and, <laughs> and, and God, it, there's things that will grow. It'll right. be limited by its systems. Right. So it won't grow to its maximum That's capacity, right. Right. but there will be life there. And then you can have a church that does all the same systems, all the same vision with a horrible culture, and right. nothing grows. Yeah. So... Culture trumps everything yeah, else. Yeah, I think, too, one of the things that our listeners would benefit with your experience in being with an organization from beginning to current and it going through all of those stages of growth, when are the times when we have a support staff or somebody on our team that they're just not getting the culture? They're just not getting it. They get it for a month and then they forget. They deliver. They don't. They're not delivering excellence. Uh, you know, eight eight out of ten times, they're just they're just delivering mediocrity, or they're not really joyful. But they're not really depressing either. They're just kind of like blah vanilla. I call it. When is when are those times when you got to take a hard look and go look? Since they're creating, they're always creating a culture. We've given this X amount of time. What are some of those things where you just got to go? Hey, man, we got to have a talk. What do we do? Well, I will say that that would be more of a terminating offense than than behavior like a like a performance, performance issue. Right. Yeah, culture would definitely be treated more harshly right. uh, in a disciplinary way than than performance. However, I mean the principle hire slow, fire fast right, right. is a principle that we would believe, but but if you hire slow, that means you're not going to hire anybody that doesn't have those values. Right. That doesn't demonstrate that right. culture. So it's so, so what you're so saying we've is prevented those conversations by not ever hiring them. Slow up front right. and discerned the hey these th- this next employee we've already discerned through some sort of relationship at whatever level we've already discerned they're joyful people they get it they understand they put their best foot forward no matter what they understand so you've already done the hard work up front so there's less awkwardness or let's say shrap metal flying around later yes in very little turnover right at church of the highlands yeah. over the 20 years yeah that's a that's a great and i think that's a great point because organizations that are growing automatically will look for horsepower which is which do nothing wrong with that's fine but they do it so fast that they haven't let enough time go by to really discern distinguish examine what or does this person Really fit the culture. Fit the culture. So they, oh, they're going to do the job. And they're a rock star, shiny penny. They're going to be a rock star and do it great. But man, they're really not joyful. They they leave a wake of dead bodies behind them in, in getting something done. Yeah. So the, so it's a cultural. So And I love what you say. Expound just a little bit on the, the, the culture is the soil. The system is everything. Is the seed to what, what would happen. You've seen organizations have a system but not have good culture, and then cult, an organization that has great culture but is still working on a system, you said it'll be limited growth. Why? Because of how it feels. Mm. People, like at the end of the day, everywhere we go, we feel something. 
in the grocery store, in Chick-fil-A, right, right. in a Starbucks, right. like wherever we go, we feel certain things and we will make our decisions based on how we feel. Mm. And church for me growing up, right. my feelings when I left church were feelings of guilt, shame, condemnation, legalism, rules. Like I love God and I hated going to church wow. because I hated the way it made me feel. Mm. And then fast forward to being a teenager and walking into Pastor Chris's youth group in Colorado Springs. Right. And I saw teenagers that love God like I did and they love church. Wow. And I, I mean, I almost left during the first worship song because I'd never seen teenagers singing, clapping, shouting, and dancing right, in a right. worship service. I almost left. <laughs> right, right. But I, I was drawn by the presence of God and realized, sure. wait a minute, you can go to church and not feel guilt, right. shame, rules, legalism, like condemnation, or what? Like right. it was my first life-giving church experience. Wow. And the, and the, and the scriptures are the same. Mm-hmm. God didn't change. Mm-hmm. The way it felt was completely different. different. Yeah, and I've heard Pastor Chris, you know, say before, it, it's not so much that culture rejects Jesus; it's the packaging Jesus comes in. That's right. That is that. That's really what they're rejecting, and we don't have to look at these like people who don't embrace Christianity or embrace church as bad people. A lot of times, it's the packaging that we're presenting that they go, "I don't want this." Yep. Who wants that? You know, so that's a lot of it. I love, I love when he says that, and I love that the value is choose joy. You know, because you can you can train someone for a job, you can you can help them improve their performance, but your attitude, that joy, that's a choice, right? That's 100%. something you you show up with, and I think that that's why you know so many young people, uh, you know, students, college students, are attracted to a church like Church of the Highlands, and you know that's part of your background and and uh, one of the things I love is that uh, everyone on our staff and everyone at Church of the Highlands staff also serves on the dream team. And uh, your role is actually a small group leader. Um, you've led a, a small group for a number of years with college students. Maybe talk a little bit about your heart for college students, especially as Gen Z, they are just now entering the career field. What are some of the things you're most excited about when you think about the next generation? Yeah, it's super easy because I I, I felt like when I was 17, you know, after I stepped into PC's youth group for the first time, it was that summer uh, between my junior and senior year that I felt called into ministry uh, and then specifically to student ministry. And here I am now, 49 years old. Uh, that was 32 years ago. And I still love students, wow. and that—that's just that's—that has to be from God. You know, some youth yeah, pastors sure, are called sure. to be a youth pastor for four or five years, and they never think about a student another day of their life. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but for me, I—I—I uh, I, I love them. But I, my, my passion is developing leaders, and I—I I think I'm still drawn to the fact that it's easier to develop somebody, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old than somebody that's forty, forty-five. Sure, uh, because they're sure. just—they just don't have the habits or the or the uh, uh, um, the hurt or the wounds. Yeah, the baggage, all <laughs> That's that. That's exactly right. And so I still love it, still feel called to student ministry. Uh, I still lead the the pastoral leadership practicum of Church of the Highlands, Highlands College. Uh, and and so I'm, I'm with college students weekly. Rachel and I have had them in our home on Monday nights for our small group uh, and, and, and love it so much. I think they 
they have so much potential because they don't have the boxes that have been put on the previous generations. Um, I, I think technology with all of its evil and all of the horrible things has removed so many boxes from them that they, they don't see limits like we see limits. Mm. Uh, they don't have, they don't have built in fears or apprehension about things that we have fear of or apprehension about. And, and they, they just see the world differently. And, and I believe that every generation, you know, obviously needed somebody to believe in that generation. Uh, you know, whether it was a sure. boomer, right, 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 a, a Buster, ex, yeah, whatever, whatever it doesn't it is. matter. Somebody right, right. was believing in them. Sure, yeah. And I just want to be that for this generation that right. we stand behind them. And I'm thankful that Pastor Chris, who was a youth pastor, is still a youth pastor <laughs> at heart. Right? And he will sure. tell you if he was sitting at this table today that if he had to quit everything he was doing, he would do Highlands College. Sure. Uh, and and so he believes in the next generation. And so we we are pouring. Uh, most of our energy and attention into that generation by building Highlands College as uh, the premier ministry training uh, academy in the United States to put students into full-time ministry. Uh, we, we know and love all the Christian colleges across America that are training Christians to be nurses, doctors, Absolutely, lawyers, right. but we have a school specifically only for Right. Putting students in the local church full time. Having seen now, because Highlands College originated in your basement. Think about that for a second. Okay. And then <laughs> on think September eleventh, two thousand one. Oh my god. Can gosh. you imagine? Good lord. That was the first day of Highlands College. And now, of course, it's it's turned into a world class facility and, and continues to grow and and put people into the professional, you know, ministry market. That's 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 the crux of it. But there are timeless attributes and timeless qualities that you've seen a student have and possess and keep and then continue to be successful, whether it be in professional ministry or in the marketplace. What would be some of those things now that you've had this palette of, of experience and you see students and you go, well, they were, they were first in mine and Rachel's college ministry, and now look at them. They're either at so-and-so church or they're in the marketplace in a position. What are some of those traits that you go, ah, oh, man, well, you, you, indispensable, you have to have blank. What is that? Those are the two I mentioned um, when, when hiring. Sure. And that's initiative and teachability. Right. Same thing applies. And when right. I look back over 20 years of Highlands College, the, the first class of 17 students, uh, four of them are still on our staff to this day. Two of them run mm. basically the entire church on a Sunday. One, Kellen is over creative. Kellen, yeah, sure. And then John is over worship. Yep. So everything you see uh, or hear on a Sunday at Highlands is under those two, and they yep. were 20-year-old students back in 2001. So initiative, one sentence, what does it mean? Self-starter. I will, I will go before being told. Right. I will do before someone has to tell me to do it. Yes. Can you train right. that? Or is I'd, that born? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, that's tough. It's that's tough. a tough one to train. Yeah. yeah. Teachability, I think, is easier to to train because you can just talk through that because that that tends to be more of an attitude yeah than a natural that's given right. trait that's right great point great point so it, it, unpack that a little bit uh, whereas teachability is an attitude yeah I, I think regardless of your personality type whether you're introverted extroverted uh detail oriented people oriented doesn't matter you can learn how to be teachable how to receive correction how to apply the correction. Mm. There, some people yeah. have a teachable heart, yeah. but they can't apply what they learned. 
Mm. What's my, pre- what my prevents daughter, from My daughter that? is not athletic. Right. But if but when I first taught her how to throw a football, she throws a football beautifully. Right. But she's not an athlete. She doesn't right. even care to be an athlete, right, but right. she can do she's very teach able. Uh-huh. What you teach her, she can then do it. Do it. But there are people that I've seen in Highlands College, sure. and there's adults that I've worked right. with. That, right, exactly. that they have the heart. Oh yeah, yeah I'm so smiling. sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. It. Oh, thank yeah. you for helping me. Thank you. <laughs> and then they got to go put into practice what you just taught them, and they just can't do it. Right. That you got to have the able part of teachable. <laughs> like, right. Right. Sure. And 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 I think that might be a little harder to teach. Yes. But I th- I do believe you can teach the the spirit of hey listen, don't feel rejection. Right. You know, apply it, uh, apply it. See, that's why I, one of the things I love about your perspective is it's just not, not that anything's wrong with it, but it's, it's just not ministry. You were in the family business until you were 30 years old. So you had to have seen individuals in the, in the family business, the tow truck business, excel and be more embraced because they had those two qualities, initiative and teachability. 100%. Is that true? A hundred percent. Yeah. So it so it's it's those it's it's those attributes that transfer no matter what generation no matter where we are in the season of life that will get you attention in a way to climb either a corporate ladder or really to be everything that God has already gifted you to be those two traits are indispensable that's right you know for a lot of young leaders yeah and I'm, I think there's so much information out there and so many opinions kind of pulling at young leaders you know uh, maybe a lot of advice that they get you know there's there's no shortage of information what do you feel like as a piece of advice that you hear given to young leaders a lot that they should ignore <laughs> so maybe something that's common yeah. or maybe something that's like um you know kind of in the uh well, it's become normal, like, like it would become normal for that generation yeah, to yeah, hear. Yeah. But with a person with, with your experience, Lane, you hear it and go, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the biggest attack on this generation is how quickly and easily things can happen. So I don't think it's being taught as much as it's being experienced that nice. yeah, right. I can just get what I want when I want it. I mean, this pandemic, I mean, now we have restaurants that we could have never had at our home right. are eager to deliver to our home. You know, sure. not, now we right. now we can, right. you know, get whatever we want, whenever we want. And it's it's playing into that, which I believe is destroying work ethic in the next generation. Wow. Okay. Right. So I don't think it's something that we're teaching as much as some, something that they're experiencing. And so that's that's what's difficult then. We have to come along against society and say life is going to be hard right. and you're you're going to have to work hard sure. like like i mean they they want to buy their first 3000 square foot house when they're 22 years old and sure. and think they should have a job that they love going to every day or or do from home every day and it should right. be easy and fun and right. and and it's it, immediate it's dangerous it, it, what i'm hearing you say is it's a, it's not so much what we're teaching it as leaders. It's what's being it, them experiencing immediate gratification, whether it's food all the time or finding out something from Google. Yep. Uh, you know, it's the immediate gratification that might. That they don't might know be. what a library card is. Right. Right. It's and a great I'm not example. Slamming no. that generation. No. no. Yeah. Because Google is going to help them do things we could never do. Exactly. Right. What's something you're doing practically at Highlands College to kind of. Go counterculture that. on that. So yeah. our our one of our uh, combatants of that instant gratification 
is we <laughs> is we we create environments that are extremely difficult and challenging. Uh, two that come to mind, and we've done these for many, many years, even before we called it Highlands College. One is we require our students to do a half marathon. Uh, is that the expedition? No. Okay. So a half marathon is 13.1 miles, and they have to compete in it. Um, wow. And so that's going I'm, to... I'm out. I'm out, I'm out right up. there. Well, it's because I had 19 slices of bread at lunch today. So I'm out. <laughs> I'm actually the guy at the end holding the flag, and I'm doing it from my knees while I'm leaning on a mattress because I can't. There's no way. I'm out. <laughs> so they're for team spirit. Yes, yes. So one of their semesters, they will do the half marathon. The other semester, we have what's called expedition, which gets is rooted in back in you know maybe the 90s, the Eco Challenge adventure races around the world where you have a team and you're only as good as your weakest link in that sense like and there are there are uh mental challenges uh and so if you you don't have anybody that can solve a riddle on your team you could be the most athletic and you might you might crawl the wall faster than other teams but you're going to be stuck at that mental challenge so expedition is is about a 10 to 13 hour adventure race in the woods uh, that our students compete in uh, every wow. every year. So once uh, a year. So each semester, one has the half and we marathon, put those, one Highlands, has the expedition. Highlands put those in place. Intentionally. To, like, for, for what result? Like we character. want them yeah. to question why they came to Highlands College, <laughs> why the they're doing they're a doing half this, marathon, right. why. Because that exercise. They need to feel overcoming the want and desire to quit right like they wow. need to know what that's like brilliant and, and brilliant and conquer it and so we are modeled after the air force academy or west point, west point right. or the naval academy where where we aren't just about education but we are also about character formation mm-hmm. and spiritual development like like our students there's only one verse and you know this as you lead the internship here at the chapel that describes Jesus as a student. There's only one verse, Luke 2.52. You're in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. Stature is in there. Like, like you got to do some hard things physically so that you can conquer hard things spiritually. Temptation. Right. Like, like, like if, if you can get a 18-year-old to complete a half marathon – they're going to learn that they can do more than they thought they could do. That's right. When they're faced with temptation, they're going to learn that they can do better than they thought they could do. Mm-hmm. So it, it's following that, that military academy model that, that what you do physically will have results spiritually, emotionally, and academically. And what's interesting is when you say that, it immediately, what happens, Jesus is asked, what's the most important commandments and what does he do? He connects the spiritual world and the physical world. Love God with all your heart, mind, and then he go, he goes horizontal and love your neighbor as yourself. Because one conquering uh, vertically is going to show up horizontally, and so that's what that's what Highlands College is saying is going. If if you can come to face to face with I don't know if I can do this, quitting and conquer that in the natural, you're going to feel that in the spiritual, and you have to have the same mental fortitude to do it. That's right. I mean, that's incredible. I love that. I love it. It's so good. Well, 
Guys, thank you so much. Pastor Lane, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I know so many leaders, including our team today, are better because of uh, time spent with you. And um, we just, uh, we love what God continues to do at at Church of the Highlands and and it's through your ministry. And so thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We're going to go eat. We're going to go eat something. (laughs) That's perfect. You have anything you want to add? No, I have nothing. I'm hungry. I want to (laughs) go. You don't think we should go run? I'm not running. Unless I'm running to Chick-fil-A or Burger King, I'm out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to X with Q. I hope you enjoyed today's extra large edition of the podcast with Pastor Lane Schranz. And listen, we're here every Monday with brand new episodes from Pastor Mark Q. And with the exception of today, they're only 10 minutes. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. You know, we're so encouraged to hear that this project is adding value to your life and leadership. So listen, if you like what you're hearing so far and you want to spread the word, one of the best ways to do that is by leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate all the positive feedback. And so let us know what you think and we'll see you next time.